I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was a huge football fan. Did you ever see his... Really some of his favorite things you do on Instagram is when you go into a tour of the stadiums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that, love that. Oh, thanks, Jamie. And, and what's so annoying about that is that you only do it occasionally. They're, they're very, very stressful to do, actually. Oh, they're so I'm, I'm good. Not a, I'm not a natural vlogger, Jamie. It's actually very stressful walking around Craven Cottage up in the afternoon shouting puns about Fulham into the into the breeze. And also, I can just imagine how much you hate it when you have to redo it. Oh, so many. And, like, and, and, you know, I'm very obsessive about the specific wording of the bits. And so I do try to get it right in a single take. And that usually takes a few run-ups just because I trip over my own words. And then I remember once I was running it really tight to get a train. I was like, I've got to get it right this time. And I just finished, just haven't finished Take someone was walking past and went twat. <laughs> you can't leave that in, surely. You can't leave, you can't leave it oh, in. No, no, you can. There's a certain context in which people would enjoy that far more than all of the rest of the pre prepared content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's sack off everything else and just leave that in. It's the final joke. Um, but I think, in terms of like having a, you know, you work out more interesting ways to criticize yourself and also you work out sort of fun targets. Like, I think just picking on, you know, any, you know, punching down towards sort of, um, sort of, you know, uh, any obvious or sort of defenseless groups is, is, I think, very rarely a very classy thing to do. But if you can you don't find need to be nasty to be funny, I guess. I had a bit in my show this year, which is very much based on the fact that I spend a lot of my Friday and Saturday nights driving around the country uh, <laughs> doing gigs, about how I listen to Radio 1 on Friday nights uh, in my car and how... Um, uh, I, I think people who uh, text into Radio 1 saying that all the tunes are making them wish they were going out are a pathetic community of people. And I really enjoyed saying that every night because it was really fun describing a group of people as a pathetic community of people. But I also think that that's not really doing any harm to any particularly vulnerable people in society. And also, you know, if you do text into Radio 1 to compliment the tunes, absolutely fine. Really. But, but that's, real you've hit the nail on the head. I saw this really, this was genius. Um, you're probably a friend of yours who went on NFL UK. Oh yeah, Finn Taylor's uh, bit about Finn American. I saw that. Yeah, it, that did good. you see this? Yeah, it was great. When he, he described all UK NFL fans as just complete freaks. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like people in New yeah. York waking up at 3am to watch county cricket. <laughs> so good. <laughs> In their parents' basements, freaking <laughs> monster. Don't have a credit rating. It was so he, good. he was asked what a fumble or something was. He said, "Isn't it where you murder your wife?" <laughs> Just a little fumble. <laughs> he, he described that on live TV, and all the American how, guys how couldn't he, understand what was going on. How did he get that gig? It seemed like I, oh, it's it, such a funny. That's such a great. This it's such a great booking. I would mm, say yeah. it's an amazing booking because think how many people saw that. Who aren't NFL fans who then go and go, oh, it's interesting to watch NFL. I like that. I think you I think in that sort of situation you can have your cake and eat it a bit. I mean, I'm sure some NFL fans were offended by it, and I'm sure some of the NFL broadcasters were like, why is this guy insulting our thing? But <laughs> yeah. actually it pulls more, as you say, mm. I, I obviously I'm not I'm 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 not an NFL fan. I don't mean obviously I'm not I mean <laughs> Uh, I am not an NFL fan, so obviously I wasn't like digging deep into the coverage that weekend. But if it hadn't been for that fin clip, I wouldn't have known that it was happening in London that weekend. I know, there and you it, go. So it does, you know, I think those sorts of 
it's hard to, you don't want to engineer them too much but misbookings or little blunders like that that's 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 and mm. Finn is really good at that he's so I, I got you know Quint, I said this before I actually said this Jamie Dimitri Quentin Tarantino talks of like with his movies right he goes 10 movies and then you're kind of done it's like a about boxing match and a lot of comedians talk about the fact that they say you know people try and do comedy forever but there is certain comedians who go comedy you can only do for a bit because you almost then run out of material do you think there's something in that or is that not fair i think your life has to uh be pretty dull to run out of material right well i don't know i i i I, certain lots of comics uh get, get less interesting of course i think like anything there is a sort of freshness to also, as consumers, we like new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's for, you know, I was reading like Frank Skinner is, is one of the comics who's I think you know the biggest legends in the UK and who has aged with the most uh, sort of gr- like grace and he's you know still hosted TV shows well into his like you mm-hmm. know uh, whatever like forties and fifties and 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 done really big stand up shows. But I was reading his he's got an amazing book about being a stand up and he's talking about how even though he's been very lucky and he's financially comfortable, he's reflecting a lot on the fact that you know he's just got to accept that. Uh, broadcasters aren't as interested in making a show with him in the noughties as they are in the 90s. So I think your first challenge is accepting that inevitably certain things just aren't going to be happening like they were. Like most people peak a little bit earlier. That's hard. And, and, and you have to be able to take that with grace and dignity and not become bitter or start ranting on social media about, about sort of, um, you know, gatekeepers or whatever. And I also think that creatively you have to find a way to keep you know, keep finding new things to, mm. to, to talk about. It's That's hard. hard though. It's hard. <clears throat> I, I, I've, it's hard, right? Because I was talking with this with you, mate. We're competitive. Like as human, you know, at school, we, I remember at school, we would have our exam results and they would be graded like first to last, right? Mm. Ever since we we're kids, we're always like graded on what you're doing. So everything is a competition. Does it, if you're in the first team, your name was on the board or whatever it was. So innately within us, we had this sort of competitive side, which is dangerous, right? Because at some point you cannot keep winning. Mm. And so if your life is all about winning and that's also not kind of fulfilling in lots of ways. And I find comedy... I would find comedy really hard, personally, because there are so many comedians out there, so many brilliant comedians, and you're all friends, and but you're all touring, you're all trying to get each other's tickets because they want to come to your show. You're all doing jokes which maybe have similar things that you then have to change because, oh, he did a joke about that. It, it's a hard industry to be in and also be um, supportive at the same time. Is that fair? Yeah, I th- I, well, I think it is a very supportive industry. It I, is. And I think it's really fun. I, I've not, I've, 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 you know, I've been doing it for ten years since uni, and I've loved it. I don't think that. I mean, I've been lucky that you know I've been relatively busy through most of that time, and there's always been a sort of general sense that even if quite slowly at times, I am sort of improving and making progress. I think it's quite a ba- I think it's quite a. Um, a sort of dangerous thing to constantly be doing to your brain to be, you know, trying content, to think content, of, content, content, content. I, and mm. I think that's a sort of bigger, you know, it's very much, you know, you guys know it probably more than I do. You're doing, you're doing podcasts, you know, you, Jamie, do you, do you do other podcasts? Or other podcasts? I mean, no. you're doing your, you're doing your, you know, your wedding on, on But it's on a easier podcast. though, because I can just, it's talking between, yeah, you have to be entertaining and fun, but when you go to a dinner party, you're not going to sit there and be boring. You have to be entertaining and fun. So it's, I treat it like a dinner party. It's true. We, but then some people who podcast their whole lives become sort of, uh, you know, like I remember seeing one comic, she, she said that 
she went to a dinner party and her friend said that she couldn't. Uh, I think it was Joanne McNally who does who does uh, mm. the podcast with with Vogue's wife. Yeah, um, but with Vogue, with the, the, my therapist ghosted me. So good, and so, so funny. Successful. But she's Joanne said that she uh, they they basically made her sign a sort of equivalent of an NDA before the dinner party because you're just so used to like everything becoming content. Oh, I think it's changing yeah. your brain. Uh, it's like it's like you know this is the most boring point in the world but like ooh, we're yet to see i think the real long-term consequences of the fact that like our relationships with our attention spans mm. and our phones and our desire to to be doing something all of the time have changed so much in the last 10 years yeah and i think of comedy as, 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 like being in comedy and being in the public facing domain and um you know i think what are my aims for the next essentially 30 years they're to um, have fun, to be able to, you know, keep the show on the road for me and my family and to, to have dignity and not go completely mad. That, mm. that's a, like, and if, you, if you're going to achieve all of that, then uh, it's okay. Then it's okay, I think. Does that make sense? That makes more sense than anything. It's quite I mean, fun to go a little bit mad. A li- uh, well, slightly insane. And, and, and now increasingly that's sort of permissible because, the, because people document their... I mean, you guys were you doing... You document a, your madness. Yeah, people would like document but, it. But your lives were, you know, I, I actually think the, you know, as, a, as someone who was an, an avid consumer of MIC circa <laughs> 2015, uh, you know, real bad boys o'clock, there, there's actually... Um, the, the sort of soap opera and occasionally quite like villainous quality of the show is mm. something that you guys have, have sort of ridden out. Like like you you had a certain kind of PR training from so early on yeah. um, about how to sort of spin your your realities into into content and just about keep a grip on likability. That um, was hard though. In terms of like losing yourself when you do a reality show, oh my God. You think like that is... You, I lost the distinction between reality and and non-reality. I, I couldn't. I, I, every single time I went into a conversation, I thought I was in a scene. I lost that sense of reality, which was really you lose your sense of self. And mm. I agree with you that I like when you're comedian. Being a, a, a comedian is tricky. Content, content, content. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that's funny. Oh, I saw that. Then and you're reflective. Phil Wang always said the re- comedians are reflective people. They think, oh, isn't that funny how people do that? And I could write that in a funny sort of way. And so yeah, you're constantly looking at stuff. So then my question is: is when do you switch off? Or do you not? Or is it just a subconscious thing that you suddenly go, oh, yeah. I was going to try and pull the conversation strands <laughs> together and give the um, aggressively wholesome answer of when I'm when I'm parenting. But the problem is, it's not even that, really. Yeah. You know, you sort of, um, I mean, I'm not a big, I don't, you know, I, I don't talk about parenting a huge amount on uh, stage or on podcasts, and I don't put that much on social media. But you're still thinking about stuff. You know, mm. I'm thinking now that my, my daughter is now getting to the age where she's, she's, she's talking loads, she's... Uh, She's saying unbelievably sort of sweet things all the time and got these funny little turns of phrase, uh, like all three-year-olds. And suddenly remember that when, whenever I was reading about sort of parent, like about adults doing comedy, which is what I considered when I was 21, I didn't think like, I'm an adult doing comedy. I thought I'm a student doing comedy. And if I'm lucky, I'll get to be an adult doing comedy. Mm. And you'd read, you know, books by people like Stuart Lee and they talk with such... Uh, sort of dismissal about kids say the funniest thing comedy, and mm. so and I've so I've thought long before I was a parent. I'm like, well, that's the thing you you can't do. And actually, if you become a parent and your life becomes more domestic and it starts to eat up a lot more of your time, then that becomes such a focal point. And that's why Josh and Rob have obviously pulled off this lockdown masterstroke of mm. turning their lives into a parenting sitcom. And but I don't think that was something that either of them probably anticipated doing before they became parents or even before mm. lockdown. It's just something that people people do want as much. But it's stuff funny as and interesting as well because because then you have really who who were your who were your idols growing up? I I, I um 
I mean, <laughs> Nesh Kumar. <laughs> Nish was right. <laughs> Nish Kumar, Dora Breen, <laughs> Hugh Dennis, <laughs> Russell Howard. Thank you, boy. <laughs> Joel Dommett. I, I, I knew what I was going to say, and I, I always loved it. <laughs> who were your idols? Who did you love? Who, who, when, you, when you were younger and you used to see them, who were the ones that you... I really, I loved the Mighty Boosh. Um, yeah. uh, that was that was my that was the first the You loved really them, didn't you? I, yeah, rewatch, um, rewatch it regularly. Oh, really? Yeah, what's some... your What's your favourite Mighty Boosh episode? I never got into that, that is... it. It's a bit sort of it, like I don't think it's all age fantastic. And the problem with surreal stuff is you've got to be slightly in the mood for it. Yeah, and some of it hits more harder. Than I mean, there's stuff. there's the classic old Greg, obviously. There's Melky Joe, that's great. But I, one I thought I, I hadn't I hadn't seen, I discovered recently, was, which is the party. Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic! It's fucking episode. amazing. What, uh, what, 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 I have never seen this. You need to watch. Describe what the Mighty Boosh is, though. Like the, the Mighty Boosh was Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett's uh, show about um, a couple of essentially. Um, it's a sort of surreal show about a couple of Camden hipsters. Yeah, or, or t- uh, attempting to be Camden hipsters. Howard Moon was very not hip. Yeah, so, ju- and so ju- uh, Noel Fielding, uh, who plays Vince, is very very cool in it. Or. And, and actually cool, he thinks he's cool. No, he is yeah. like, he's sort of cool in it. And, yeah. there was, and actually there were, you know, in a sort of, um, I mean, there was this period in the mid-noughties uh, when I was reading every single word of the enemy and just taking it all <laughs> out to the years, face value, <laughs> the Old Testament, um, <laughs> where they were like on the cover and Noel Fielding was like obviously cool, but then Julian Barrett, the joke was that he actually wasn't cool, but he was cool as but well, he actually. was cool, yeah, yeah. And I think um, they are so... Um, uh, I, I, I went to see them with my dad. It's a very cool thing to do. <laughs> I, 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 there's this amazing scene in the party episode where um, they're DJing and it's uh, and, and they all play. They play lots of characters. And Richard Iowati, who's one of my comedy mm, heroes as well, amazing. he mm. plays this shaman called Sabu who's yeah. DJing this party alongside this Noel Fielder character called Tony Harrison, who's just a sort of He's a, just ball, a, head, a, yeah. a pink little a sort of head, like a cleft um, in a box. And they're discussing what to, they, they sort of discuss got the DJ and Tony Harrison insisting that they play uh, Fleetwood Max Tusk in its entirety. And he says, you are, you are a ball. I could get away with maybe one track off rumours, Max. And it's like, it's just, it's a classic year to be there. But my brother and I, any situation at party, it's, we're talking about playing Fleetwood Max oh Tusk in its entirety <laughs> with oh. the pauses as Lindsay Buckingham intended. As intended, yes. It's, it's one of those, like, it's, 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 it was such a formative show. And I actually think it's, it's not, you know, it, it's maybe not aged as well as some things, but there also hasn't aged as awkwardly as some other no. things either. It exists in its own universe. And I think they're both, you know, national treasures still in their own yeah. ways. Obviously, Noel Fielding's doing, doing Beethoven. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Julian Barrett, I, this weird thing over the summer where he um, 
He's in this ad. <laughs> I don't know if you guys he's, have ever Whenever I see him in anything else, I cannot you not see him as Howard Moon. Because he's just perfect, like gravelly, sarcastic. He does a, there's a gin brand called Sipsmith. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they've got this character called Mr. Swan, who's the, the sort of the, the, the icon of Sipsmith. And it, there's a really funny advert for Sipsmith, voiced by Julian Barrett as the swan. And then they had some adverts for... <laughs> Wimbledon, where Sipsmith was the official uh, gin of Wimbledon, but obviously the ad was Julian Barrett saying that Wimbledon was the official tennis of Sipsmith gin. <laughs> Lovely switcheroo. You should get oh a bit of that into your great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They switched it round. Mm. <laughs> I took a. I don't. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm go not on, Sam. Sure. I um. Uh, this summer, uh, for a couple of weeks, um, I don't do a lot of comedy writing gigs, but um, I was intrigued to try when it came through um, a job. Uh, contributing some tweets for the Twitter account of Smith Smith, Smith Gin during <laughs> 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 Wimbledon <laughs> as in the character of Mr Swan which as a Mighty Boosh fan was a very weird experience being like obviously Julian Barrett is not actually going to have to go into the booth and say these things but I'm picturing him as Mr Swan because he is Mr Swan <laughs> you know and obviously it's a, it's a, it's a delicate and give me know, some tweets what, what did you <laughs> well it was I thought well I'm going to I'll probably be watching Wimbledon anyway sort of you know procrastinating right in my Edinburgh show so it's sort of the fun work it, where I'll be doing what I was already doing which was like providing a live commentary on the tennis on social media but actually you love watching sport and writing cricket or tennis or whatever that's, that's exactly. your thing maybe yeah. I could go and sort of walk around Wimbledon and have someone shout twat at me <laughs> <laughs> do that there but I am um, the pro- they then said at the start of the tournament they said actually one of the directives from the like, BBC or whatever is that you can't um, you can't offer commentary on matches and you can't uh, mention any players by name so actually, that was quite quite a limiting. That is quite limiting. Like, can you read about the tennis, but not referencing any of the matches or any of the players? So Mr. Swan was doing some pretty hard yards about like strawberries and cream culture, and like what exactly a tie break is. I'm like, just, I mean, it's a real shame because the ads was are so good, and I think have won awards and stuff. And I think wow. you know, some company social media it does is so like goes viral, and it will it is it's brand. so important. You know, yeah. I'm aware this is not. To of you know the, the height of uh, you know of of of, an, uh, of artistic destiny, but I thought like it'd be fun to see if I could do that, particularly given I'm not very good on social media myself. These tweets were not getting traction. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. Mr. Swan was dying on his ass. <laughs> so when you're phoning up, you're dropping a message in that group, guys. You wouldn't mind um, <laughs> Mr. Swan just retweeting. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swan's dying out here. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Swan yeah. tweeting about how he's going to need some yeah. extra sort of gin get, spritz in the heat wave. Get arrested <laughs> for, like. for, for killing the swan by, by the Queen's guard. Oh my also, god! I forgot, at one point, I was t- I've I've never managed two Twitter accounts on one phone before. I was toggling toggling between that and my personal account. One awful day where I forgot to change accounts. So I tweeted Mr. Swan from my own account. <laughs> That in itself should have been the yeah. That probably would have been more viral. <laughs> Managed to get it down. Someone texted me like, "Fuck if you just tweeted, <laughs> just in, just random." I don't do much on social media under my own name. Just in the middle of one day, being like, "The mixed doubles start to the game." Who Mrs. Swan's ready for a busy game? <laughs> Honestly, genius. I, I do want to ask one more thing is that, you know, there's all this thing about comedy. It takes 10 years in order to really know your craft and all that different thing and sort of get in the industry. To young comics who are out there, what would you say to them in order to go, okay, listen, this is, social media's changed, comedy's changed, lots of different things. What would you give, what advice do you give to young comics if they ask? Um, I, it's, it's, it's very hard because I do feel um, 
like I got a, I got a lot of great opportunities. I started in my first year at uni, and so I got to do loads and loads of gigs in student bars, mm. basically to my friends. So you, you've got a supportive crowd, you've got a decent sized crowd, like 30, 40 people, and also you've got a real back, like sort of log of stuff you can tap into. And and there's no shame in like being a coward when you're starting out and trying to do jokes about you know, sort of like, you know, student parties or campus in jokes when you're just trying to work out what it is to be on stage. Mm. I think if I'd started in, you know, every year it becomes more crowded. And if you, mm. particularly you hear about the London open mic scene, you're doing these gigs above pubs to like 10 people and they're all the other acts. So everyone's just looking at their own notes or very sort of stressed. Wow, and, and that's so intense. I think it's great if you can start in a place where you've got the opportunity to just like get some stage time and, and you know... Um, and have an audience. And, and have an audience. And that is harder. That being said, even that feels like sort of an outdated regret now because now online you can just build anything. And I don't, I mean, I've, 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 I'm not even outside of Mr. Swan. I've not been a fantastic content creator in my life. Um, but I do think that being able to uh, just tr try stuff online and get an instant response for it is, is probably so much easier then you know traipsing across the country for five minutes to sort of you know in, a, in quite a grubby gig yeah but you have to you have to be you have to let all of your kind of um embarrassment and all the different things go because when you're putting it out online it's it's, 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 it's revealing it's, right yeah, yeah it's it, the internet is written in ink you know you, yeah. don't, you don't get that sense of well like i didn't tell my friends about my first few gigs i was like i, I didn't even think i was going to do stand-up for any length of time i thought it would just be something i wanted to tick off um but i do think i think i think not um uh not getting overly stressed about something being obvious, maybe. I think that's it. And I think with the internet and that, that speeds up. If you're if you're online, if you particularly something like on social media or particularly like something like Twitter, which I think is a very it's very fun, but it's so full of like cynicism and mm. anger and, and mm. impatience. You get such a quick sense of things being new going to being like old and like uncool. That that you could barely get your it's it's like when people do topical shows like Mot the Week or whatever they say don't go on Twitter for the couple of days beforehand because inevitably you'll feel like every single joke about every news story could possibly have been done mm. you've just got to like try and like an like old person you know read the newspaper and and see what would comes up in your own head and you say it, you know and you say it on the show and it'll, you'll probably say it in a fresh way and if it's similar to something that's written online, that's a coincidence, but you'll have done it in an authentic way. Does that make sense? It makes mm. total sense. So I think that's great advice, but that's really, honestly, that's, that's perfect advice. I've had, and I think there are, there are comedians when I started, like I've mentioned him already, Stuart Lee was such a big influence and he's someone who's, he's, it's like, he's amazing, but a lot of his stuff is sort of, you know, uh, essentially um, having a go at other comedians or sort of tr like trends mm. in comedy. So if you were a fan of him and then you tried stand up, you would, you'd be sort of, imagining that he was there on your shoulder being like that's obvious that's hack mm. where it's actually and, and i've got friends who started out and it was like they were trying to get to level two before they'd done level one yeah look, which don't, is not, don't run before you can walk yeah, it's like, totally no shame in working out a quite basic like starter pack and then once you're confident in that once you like being on stage then you can you can evolve so quickly yeah so many people say that they they become a character even before they know what they're doing mm. they feel like they have to do something that is that is super neat i vote um i i realize you we take up a lot of your time and even though you turned up late when you said you were going to be 15 <laughs> minutes early um we're coming to the end uh, your tour my future my clutter mm. um it, 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 we can get tickets where 
Um, I've, I've got a website, ivagram.com. You've got a website. I've got, I've, 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 I've got some in my pocket. <laughs> I've got some in my pocket. Uh, they're the only ones that are left. <laughs> We're going to leave the link below as well. So if you want to go and get That's tickets. Nice. I, I, I'm going to say that you're a friend of mine, but honestly, I, I said it before you came, I, I think you're you're truly one of the funniest UK comics. And my, my brother went to you. And the reason why I wanted to get you back on is my brother was, I went for dinner with him. He was saying just, he went and saw you. It's amazing. Go and watch you well, live. It's you. amazing. And follow also, your social media I can't as well. wait to hear which bit of today's podcast is, is spun <laughs> Wildly out of I can't with wait. Comic. I can't wait. <laughs> I love the idea of punted into the comic group. <laughs> Ivo, thank you so much thank once again it. for being on Private Parts. Thank we you. really appreciate you, buddy. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Ivo, that is. So funny. Yeah, he's, he seems very, very He's good. so lovely. He's so funny. He's just a g- genuine, really lovely mm. guy. Guys, uh, it's my birthday, so I'm going to go and eat cake and hang out and go and relax. Because it's my birthday, do you, buddy. Do you um, yeah. do you notice, I was talking about this yesterday, do you notice like as, as we age, you start to adopt these things that you noticed when you were younger, like in the older generation, like in your parents and stuff? What do you Have mean? Have you started to do things that you're like, oh my God. I'm getting old. I, uh, no, I'm I'm not, I'm much more resilient and patient. So whereas before, yeah, yeah. So whereas before, I would get, I I would only see it from my side. I I see it from other people's side. I think that's just your hearing's gone, so you actually can't hear. <laughs> no, because I I noticed last night I was at an event and um, the yeah. music came on. Um, yeah, only like, went like oh, it's loud. Went, went slightly loud, and I went wow. Yeah. <laughs> Like that mid conversation, and I sounded like such. I was like, "Wow!" Like it really shocked me. I was like, "Oh!" I had dinner with my dad and my stepmom, and I went, "Oh, the acoustics in here are terrible. I can't hear anyone." Yes, you're hearing it, aren't you? All right, listen, guys, um, go and check us out on YouTube if you want to watch full clips, TikTok, Instagram, and also please send us in your private messages, your private stories. We want to hear some amazing stories uh, from our listeners. You guys, Um, you can stay anonymous. You guys rock. We'll see you later. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.